It's the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels, and I'm going to take the opportunity to prove myself right again. Number one, electric vehicles. Nonsense. The whole idea that they're out there to conserve energy and to help the environment and to battle climate change is nonsense. It's all about control, and it's all about allowing certain people to do certain things within a certain distance of their home. What they want to do is they want to remove everybody that doesn't live in a major metropolitan area so that they can track all of their movements in real time and also limit their movements. They want to basically remove the idea of a nation state and create city states, smart city states, where they track you, your purchase your health, your welfare, your communications, and your visits in real time at all times. So this is from Breitbart, Wall Street Journal electric vehicle road trip, a disaster. Wall Street Journal reported this weekend on a four-day road trip from New Orleans to Chicago and back in an electric vehicle that ended in a disaster. The journal reported by Rachel Wolf was titled, I rented an electric car for a four-day road trip. I spent more time charging it than I did sleeping. Very good. I brought this up in the past, too. How long does it take to charge one of these vehicles? It is A long time. Even if you get the upgraded versions, the rapid chargers that some of these vehicles have, it's still not as fast as going to a pump and putting in gasoline within a minute or two minutes and being good to go. So this whole thing was run by uh, Rachel Wolf, and she used an app called PlugShare. And PlugShare is all about mapping out where there are charging stations in your journey and how much charge they will allow your vehicle to have. So just imagine it in this perspective. You're driving your car in a cross-country trip, and you've got to map out which gas stations you can visit because they'll only allow you to pump a certain amount of gallons in a certain amount of hours. So if you've got a 15-gallon tank and you're only allowed to put in five gallons in the span of two hours, then you're going to be waiting at those pumps until those two hours are up so that you can pump the other five, ten, five gallons to go. Meanwhile, if you're in a gas station right now, you can just go to the pump and and it goes two minutes later, you are driving again like a bat out of hell. So the article continues for now. Long distance travel by electric vehicle is impossible, saving just $100, but adding on countless hours to the journey. Miss Wolf said the car nearly ran out of battery and they missed several appointments. Apparently they had to set up appointments just to fuel their car or charge their car. They also had to take drastic steps to curb the use of their power, such as unplugging their phones and turning down their windshield wipers. I mean, could you imagine that? You're on the road, you're about to run out of gas, and the only way to conserve gas is to turn off your windshield wipers during a rainstorm? I mean, stop. 
She wrote, over the course of four days, we spent $175 on charging. We estimated the equivalent cost for gas would be around $275, and that $100 savings costs us many more hours in waiting time. And they also spoke to other travelers running into the same issue. Uh, One person driving a Volkswagen ID4 said that they had to be towed twice driving between Louisville, Kentucky and Boulder, Colorado. And guess what? Guess what? They are also saying, Miss Wolf anyway, saying that even if gas is at $4.08 a gallon, ha <laughs> and if you're not in New York, uh, that will be fantastic. I inhale deeply and fumes never smelled so good. So Miss Wolf, not only is she a convert away from electric vehicles, she is now taking up huffing gasoline fumes. The girl likes to party, apparently. So this is just another way of what I've been telling you. They don't want you to be able to have freedom of travel. They want to make sure that you are limited in your freedom so that you're only allowed to go a certain distance between major cities. And if you try to go further, it's going to be a real hassle. This is, uh, I forgot the plan's name, but... There, there was some, uh, uh, what was it called, uh, where they divide, I, I think it was part of the United Nations too, but essentially they divided the United States into three different zones, uh, basically a rural zone, which nobody used, uh, a farmland zone, uh, which was only used for agriculture and uh, raw material mining and things like that, and then you had the cities, and everybody else would be living in those cities. So what did they do? They turned the United States into a city-state system. It's no longer a nation. It's just a conglomerate or a constellation of cities that kind of make up a nation. Uh, but ultimately, I do think over the next 20 years, once uh, Agenda 2030 is rolled out and hopefully derailed, um, what happens is, is that uh, they're aiming for the West, so that's Europe and, and uh, the U.S. and Canada, Australia, New Zealand. They're aiming for all of those nations to be dissolved and a conglomerate of city-states united to ultimately create a new trading faction, a new military, a new global currency based upon those city-states output. And if you're not in a city, then that's it. You're not living anywhere else because the rest of the land is going to be broken up into untouchable land or agriculture land. That's it. So it's really, really disturbing to see this kind of outset or, or see this kind of mindset coming true, especially with the electric vehicle nonsense. Uh, I mean, you think about it. They're trying to guilt trip you into reducing your freedom. And the argument that they're trying to say is that your gas-powered vehicle is the one responsible for global warming or climate change or global cooling, whatever they want to call it. And, you know, in 10 years, uh, the world is going to be in a deluge. That's it. Uh, speaking of that, uh, a sidebar. Does everybody remember Deagle? Deagle.com came out with an extremely intimidating forecast on world population growth or reduction. Uh, They came out with the United States reducing its population by about 70% by, I think, 2023. They changed that forecast 
And I think the population reduction is about, oh, 68% now instead of 70. And uh, it's supposed to be in 2025, not 23. So they were a little bit off. Uh, the point is, and I haven't looked at the website. This is going to be secondhand from a trusted source. So until I look it up, we're going to assume that the trusted source is accurate. Um, and so here's the thing. All of these countries on the planet have a uh, forecast for population growth or reduction. Many of these countries in the West have immense population reduction forecasts, around the 50 to 80 percent reduction in population. And it's all in the West. Israel, the United Kingdom, Italy, France, Spain, the United States— they all have this kind of reduction in population. And now, what's interesting is that China and Russia do not have significant reductions in population. Now, why is that? We can point to many reasons, but one of the major, the, the most obvious reason for me is that it, these countries have populations that um, are potentially saved from coastlines and a lot more robust in potentially combating a deluge of water. So we could only imagine what they're really talking about. I Deep down, my hint here, or the, the, what I see in my third eye, is that um, I, I sincerely think that Deagle is factoring in the COVID nonsense and the COVID inoculations and uh, the significant impacts to the immune system of the people uh, that have taken, uh, you know, two shots, three shots, four shots more, and what their immune systems are going to look like over the next five years or so. That's where my money is. Um, so we'll, we'll have to wait to find out what's going on there. Now, here's something else. I, I have always questioned, and I, I think I've done it in a few podcasts uh, in the past, why is there this massive migration from the south to the north? Why is there this massive, massive immigration push from countries in South America and Central America or countries uh, in Africa pushing up into the EU and Italy and Spain and Turkey and all this? Why are they doing this? What's the real purpose behind this? And I could never really figure it out. And this is, I'm going to make a prediction, and this is going to be my prediction as a prognosticator of current events. So this article came out uh, at, uh, what is this called? The Saker.is, uh, S-A-K-E-R. Title of the article is, Is U.S. NATO, with World Economic Forum help, pushing for a global South famine? And it's a lengthy article and all this other crap. So basically the West and the Ukraine and the Nazis and the World Economic Forum, they're all saying the reason why we're going to experience food shortages is because of the war with Russia in the Ukraine. Well, here's a little tidbit for you. Russia produces most of the world's fertilizer. Russia produces over two and a half times the amount of grain that the Ukraine does. Now, you would ask yourself... Since Russia is in a fairly good situation, why is there a grain shortage? The answer is because the United States and the World Economic Forum has put sanctions on Russia so that countries across the world 
cannot purchase the grain? That's the answer. There's no other way to look at it. Now, the other aspect of all of this is that the Ukraine is saying we can't ship the grain from our countries because the dastardly Russians. Well, no, that's not entirely true, because Russia has said multiple times that the Ukrainian Nazis have mined the harbors. So what do they do? They put submersible mines in all the waterways. So when a trip, tra- a trip, a ship travels close to one of these mines, and it literally makes it vibrate, or if it's a magnetic mine, it's attracted to the ship, um, it literally will blow the ship up. And I'm having some technical difficulties here with the microphone, so hopefully this will continue as, uh, as we go along. This is why I need an engineer and a producer, because I don't feel like handling this kind of bullshit. I am the infrastructure of the home people work around me so this is why i need a a real radio or podcasting gig anyway um so where was i oh yes the ukraine grain so the grain in the ukraine so the reason why a lot of that is not being made accessible is because the nazis in the ukraine mined the harbors so it's extremely dangerous for for ships to travel those waterways and Russia said, if anybody wants to help us out and demine these harbors, we're all for it. We have no problem exporting this grain across the country, and we'll do it however they see fit. The other option that Putin suggested is, why don't you just export the grain through Belarus? But you can't because the West has put sanctions on Belarus. Now, here's the real question for everybody out there that knows a little bit about geography. If the Ukraine shares a border with Poland, and Poland is allowing the Ukraine to get advanced weaponry from the United States and every other country on the planet, then why can't Poland import the grain from the Ukraine and export it to other countries across the planet that need the effing grain? This is an engineered situation because it's another attempt to restructure society to make sure that we're now eating bugs. Do you see those articles all over the place? They're now introducing bug burgers in schools uh, throughout Britain, by the way. That story came out today. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but you can look it up. The burgers made of mashed bugs. How appetizing is that? Um, So it's another way to re-engineer society and make people feel hurt. So this is where I really start to connect the dots. So the global south, Africa, you've got uh, Central America and South America, right? Those countries, why do we keep seeing these mass migrations? It's because they knew for a fact that they were going to cause these massive, massive famines and disruptions in the global supply chain that allows people to eat. So what were they trying to do? They were trying to push as many of these people into the global north, so the EU and the United States, so that once they start to really inflict pain upon these countries with famine, with uh, indebtedness, with not being allowed to get out of debt because they can't purchase any food or fertilizer or wheat or anything else, once that starts to really hit, you're going to see a massive amount of death. Starvation, food riots, coups, 
riots in general. You get the idea. So once all of that goes down, what are they going to do? All of a sudden, all of these nations are going to institute a zero-tolerance policy for all of these migrants. No longer will they be welcomed in this country, and they will be deported back to their home countries. Why? Because they want those people to reestablish a governing body that will be supportive of EU and U.S. agendas. In other words, they want to get rid of the nations that don't go along with the EU-U.S. agenda. And so in order to do that, they have to depopulate those nations. Once that happens, they ship them all back, set up puppet governments so that the United States and the West are able to go back into those countries unopposed and exploit the mineral resources, and the land itself. That's the whole thing in a nutshell. And guess what? Mark my words. Now, that's going to be, I'm going to say, a five to ten year plan. Their plan is to set everything in motion uh, throughout the 20s. And by 2030, they're supposed to have everything aligned uh, to their liking. So that's going to be my conjecture here as far as that's concerned. Uh, oh, I'm, I'll leave you with this. I was going to go into uh, Clinton and all that stuff, but it's already 18 minutes. I'm trying not to keep these things to 45 minutes like I do sometimes. Uh, this is from the Daily Wire. And once again, where's Hunter? Where did he go? Does anybody hear from him anymore? Oh, that's right. He is in a rehab center in California. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. Oh, Della, Daily Wire came out with a new featured expose from the Hunter Biden laptop that wasn't supposed to exist during the election cycle of 2020. So we find out that not only was Hunter Biden waving around an illegally owned firearm in front of a prostitute, but he helped another prostitute, Cheryl D. Boves, to get a PPP loan. So those are the people that uh, said, oh, we're affected by COVID and we need a loan just to stay in business. She got a $20,000 Paycheck Protection Program loan for being a female-owned sole proprietorship. Now, isn't that something? I never considered prostitution to be a female-owned sole proprietorship. And she got the loan Almost immediately after Joe Biden took the White House and stole the White House. So this is from Luke Rosiak. The prostitution frequently pledged or the prostitute frequently pledged to fuck and suck the first son in between trips to buy needles and Brillo pads from Walmart. She later later desperately pleaded for Hunter's help saying she was being threatened by a male drug dealer, and Hunter, being the gentleman he is, ignored her until he wanted to get his dick wet. Honestly, babe, the problem is you have too many girls there, she texted him in August of 2018. I understand that you like a lot of girls, but that's fine. Do one at a time at the tops to which is fine, but just hire the second girl for like one hour. First off... Please, when you text somebody, use a comma, use a period, do something here. So this is the other part. Uh, apparently, Hunter Biden 
and the Boves were just loving orgies and drug deals. Hunter Biden's reply to the message uh, is, was committed to orgies over one-on-one. He wrote, yes, I do want you to come over, but with the confidence that with me, it's not an either or for who stays and who goes. And then the following week, Hunter Biden wrote, could you get some crack supplies? And she wrote to him back, hey, babe, don't you need a pipe and chore? And when so, man, when DeBovis didn't return the text message, Biden got irritated and said, what the fuck, babe? Where are you? And finally, she replied to him, baby, I am so sorry. Listen, I'm not trying to take advantage of you, but I spent all of that money that you got me on black. I went to Walmart to get needles, babe. So, I mean, come on here. And and there are people that are looking into all of the criminal charges that Hunter Biden is guilty of, like unlawful possession of a firearm and a violation of Delaware Code, which is a Class A misdemeanor. Why is Hunter Biden allowed to walk scot-free? Could you imagine if a Trump offspring did something like this? Could you imagine if anybody associated with the Trump campaign did something close to went on crack fueled benders was coordinating payoffs with hookers to buy needles to do God knows what. Right. Could you imagine the outrage? Could you imagine the outrage of a Trump offspring riding Air Force Two to negotiate deals while the vice president was visiting the country? These people are sick. These people need to be reined in, and these people need to be thrown in prison for the rest of their lives. They need to be held accountable, and justice needs to be balanced once more against these outright felons. That's going to be it for me. This is the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Truth Social. Last Call Caravan, because if you're listening to me, you are on the caravan that belongs to the Last Call Podcast.